Well, welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to Wednesday, January the 24th. I'm J.D. Walt, and this is your wake-up call. Let's begin this Wednesday in our prayer of consecration. Jesus, I belong to you. I lift up my heart to you. I set my mind on you. I fix my eyes on you. I offer my body to you as a living sacrifice. My physical body, Lord. Jesus, we belong to you. And we're praying in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Unless you think I forgot it, wake up, sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Today's entry is entitled, The Fasting of the Friends of the Bridegroom. Our text is Luke chapter 5, verses 33 to 39. Hear now the word of the Lord. They said to him, John's disciples often fast and pray, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees. But yours go on eating and drinking. Jesus answered, Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. In those days they will fast. He told them this parable. No one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch an old one. Otherwise they will have torn the new garment, and the patch from the new will not match the old. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise the new wine will burst the skins. The wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. And no one after drinking old wine wants the new, for they say the old is better. The word of the Lord. Now consider this. Here we have a remarkable text that flew right over my head for most of my Bible reading life. What's new, right? We're getting an inside look at one of the significant contrasts between the Pharisees, the disciples of John the Baptist, and Jesus and his disciples. Interestingly enough, it is on the matter of fasting. They said to him, John's disciples often fast and pray, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours go on eating and drinking carries a hint of judgment, as though they were saying, you guys aren't doing it right. Now, watch Jesus reply. Jesus answered, Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. In those days, 
they will fast. My translation of Jesus there, It's obvious to me you don't understand what fasting is. More generously, I see fasting very differently than you do. Question. How did the Pharisees see and practice fasting? Answer. Very religiously. The Pharisees were known for their meticulously fastidious and quite legalistic observance of every jot and tittle of every law in the Torah. The law required fasting, but the Pharisees took this to the next level. You will perhaps remember the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, wherein the Pharisee boasts, I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. That's Luke eighteen twelve. The Pharisees believed Messiah would come in response to the people of God perfectly observing the law of God, and it was therefore their mission to spread this version of scriptural holiness across the land in preparation for Messiah to come and establish his kingdom. Their goal was to get the people of God to comply with the whole law. Fasting was a part of this religious performance. It was quite burdensome on people. Which brings to mind Jesus' celebrated words, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30. Next question. So how did John and his disciples see and practice fasting? Answer, very rigorously. While I can't verify this, I associate John and his movement with a first-century sect known as the Essenes, E-S-S-E-N-E-S. They had withdrawn from the society and set up shop in the wilderness. Scholars think the Essenes lived in Qumran, which is the site of the famous discovery of the Dead Sea Scrolls. John and his disciples were super serious about their mission and intense in their practice of faith. I suspect they fasted not so much out of legalistic obedience to the law, but out of activistic faithfulness. They wanted to hasten the coming of the Messiah and the ouster of their Roman oppressors, and they believed that fasting and prayer would serve this end. I would characterize the fasting of John and his disciples as living on the functional end of the spectrum i.e. spiritual technology. Theirs strikes me as a kind of militant spirituality. Now back to the presenting question and Jesus' response. They said to him, John's disciples often fast and pray, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours go on eating and drinking. Jesus answered, Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. In those days, they will fast. 
Fasting is not legalistic obedience. Fasting is not spiritual activism. Fasting is about abiding friendship with Jesus. Jesus' brand of discipleship is about abiding friendship. Jesus decries performative religion, i.e. legalistic Pharisaism. I believe he denies transactional, functional religion, i.e. if we can get enough people fasting and praying, we can move the hand of God. For Jesus, it is all about relationship. But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. In those days, they will fast. Fasting is about sustaining and deepening friendship with Jesus during his physical bodily absence. Can we cut back to John 14? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. Fasting is about cultivating relational presence during physical absence. Fasting is a primary and physically embodied means of attention and attunement to the abiding presence of Jesus in his physical absence. Fasting is not about food and set periods of not eating followed by binge eating. It is about hunger and learning to carry hunger in love for God and others. Fasting is not about the religious presence or absence of food. It is about the real presence of Jesus. Physical hunger cultivates the bodily conditioning for spiritual attunement. That where I am, you may also be, and where you are, I may also be. Fasting is learning to carry hunger and thirst as a way of love for Jesus, his kingdom, and his righteousness. It is becoming the peculiar kind of person, a righteous person, who learns to exercise a particular kind of power for the good of the world and the glory of God according to his power that is at work within us. And all of this leads us to the revelatory gemstone of wineskins, to which we will turn tomorrow. The Prayer of Transformation Lord Jesus, teach us to fast. I want to be faithful. I am willing to fast because you tell me to fast. And yet I believe you want more from me than this. I want to be powerful and effective too, and somehow I think fasting will make me such. I somehow think it will supercharge my prayers and make them work better. Something tells me, though, that this is not your way. I think you're training me to fast, 
as a dimension of belonging to you, as a way of training my hunger to seek a higher form of food. I hear you whispering, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Yes, I think that's it. And yet I still struggle to grasp righteousness. I think it's associated with my behavior or my faithfulness to duty. I do seek for your kingdom and your righteousness. Touch my seeking and transform it to hunger and thirst and lead me to fast from this kind of place. Let legalism be burned up by holy longing. Come, Holy Spirit, transform my heart, mind, soul, and strength so that my consecration becomes your demonstration, that our lives become your sanctuary. For the glory of God our Father. Amen. The question, are you seeing how Jesus' way of fasting is different? from the usual modes of fasting we see in the Pharisees and in John's disciples? What differences do you note? What resonates with you in today's post? What would you like to push back on? For our hymn today, I'm going to actually call an audible here. I know I named uh, I Want a Principle Within, but I'm just led back to a song we actually sang recently. It just seems like the right song today. It's number 116. What a friend we have in Jesus. Number 116. We're going to sing all three verses. It just seems to me that given that I've just talked about fasting as the friends of the bridegroom, that we ought to sing a song about friendship with Jesus. And this one you probably know by heart. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful? Who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. 
Are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care? Precious Savior, still our refuge, take it to the Lord in prayer. Do thy friends despise, forsake thee? Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms he'll take and shield thee. Thou will find a solace there. Amen. Well, gang, we're at the at the hump day, the hump of the week. We're going to round the curve and then head back downhill on this week. And I hope this series is encouraging you. It's certainly been challenging for me. And I'll say more about this tomorrow, but, you know, I'm not, I don't, I don't consider myself to be an authority on any subject. I think that there's a difference in being an authority and actually having authority that has been given. And I'm trying to work out of that kind of place. Jesus gives us all authority. And so the things I'm saying, I hope you're not hearing me overplaying my hand or worse, being, you know, strident about them. I'm on a journey just like you, and I'm being led and taught just like you. And this whole thing on fasting, it's been a life-changing discovery, a revelation maybe for me. And it's broken me out of an ocean of legalism around the subject, and it's set me out into a wide-open space where it's not about food at all. It's about hunger, and not about hunger as something to endure, but a gift to re receive and embrace and to be transformed, in fact, into hunger and thirst for righteousness. <laughs> I feel like I'm just taking baby steps into that place. So if you're struggling with it, hey, that's that's fine. That's good. And and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm off. But I, I don't I just give it to you to sift and test and and work out, you know, in your own context and and so forth. Anyhow, I'm in Franklin. It's been a good week. I'll sign off here. Got to get my seeds. You know, we're sowing in Franklin. I'm meeting with the farm team, and good things are happening. And we got awakening to sow for today. Hearts, homes, churches, cities. I'll see you on the field. For the awakening, I'm J.D. Walt. We hope that today's entry challenged and encouraged you. And thanks for listening to The Wake Up Call, powered by Seedbed. Be sure to share this with a friend. Leave us a rating and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Find out more and join the movement by visiting our website at seedbed.com slash wakeupcall.